0: Welcome to the Commands of Christ podcast brought to you by the Home Discipleship Network. We're excited about guiding people to the Word of God to experience the abundant life and to be encouraged as they walk as disciples of Jesus all through the power of Christ living in us. And now, your hosts, Gabe Cleater and Nate Payne. Welcome back to the Commands of Christ podcast. I have Gabe Cleeter here in the studio with me, and we have been discussing the command, Repent. Um, It's just been a real encouraging topic because it really deals, repentance, as we've already discussed, deals with changing the heart. And one of the ways we do that is through changing our mind. And that was really the command that Christ was giving. It was change your mind for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And we talked a little bit about the kingdom, but today we are going to be kind of getting into the practical application of how do we repent. And that's really exciting to me because God's word is practical, meaning we can apply it to our everyday lives. It's not something just, you know, for Sundays and Wednesdays and that's exactly, it. but it's something that we can incorporate into our everyday life. And so today we're going to be discussing more specifically, how do we repent? when do we repent, and from what do we repent. So we're really going to get into the nuts and bolts of this topic, of this command, repent. And so I'm excited about that. Gabe, why don't you start us out with our first point, how do we repent? You know, what does that look like in a practical, everyday experience for a believer?
1: Right, that's good. I think one aspect of of, um, how we repent is coming into agreement with God, where God reveals to us our need for him— And then we come into agreement with him and acknowledging and turning away from sin and self to him. Mm -hmm. But I think before we dig into kind of practically how do you do that, I think it's important for us to see, and we touched on this briefly in the last episode, but I think it's important for us to see because oftentimes, I don't know about you, but when I hear repent, and I think a lot of our listeners, when they hear the word repent, they think of like, oh, the need for for non-believers and for the lost to repent and you know for them to come to salvation and enter the kingdom and that type of, and, and there and there is that part of the command like even if you look in scripture when you search um, the word repent you'll see oftentimes it is talking about repentance in connection with you know believing the gospel and right. being brought into the kingdom but then there is um but after someone comes to know the lord after they're saved and they've been brought into the kingdom mm-hmm. then you say okay where does the re- where does re- how what part does repentance play for someone who's already exactly. saved and already in the kingdom that's a good question right and i think that the part that it play and oftentimes we don't realize that there's actually still a need for even after we've been brought into the kingdom for then the Lord's kingdom to then spread into every part of who we are. And remember, his kingdom is his dominion, right? It's his rulership in every area of my life. So, even as a saved person in the kingdom, there's still a need for God's kingdom to spread into um, every area of my mind, to be fully surrendered to him, every area of my will submitted to him, every Mm -hmm. area of my emotions submitted to him, Mm -hmm. right? So, it's not like when we're talking about the continuous repentance of a believer, we're not talking about them keep coming into the kingdom again and again, but rather that We've been brought into the kingdom at salvation, but we need the kingdom to spread to every part of who we are. And that's a big part of the sanctification process where we're being set apart. The word sanctification just means set apart, right? Right. So we're being set apart for the Lord and for his purpose and for his kingdom. So I think as we look at um, practically how to repent, we need to see that that's that's the repentance that we're going to be talking about today is the idea of the continual need for as a saved person, believer in the kingdom for my mind to continue to be changed and brought into alignment with the word and for the kingdom of God, his authority to spread um, into every part of who I am.
0: And I think a lot of people can relate with that, Gabe. At least I can. I know um, when I came to recognizing my need um, for salvation, that Jesus Christ would come in, move into my heart, be Lord of my life, forgive me of my sins, and I accepted that by faith. I put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. believing that he had died for my sins, believing that he was my savior. Right. You know, I know just, you know, I know that he did come in, he did take up residence within me, but that didn't mean instantaneously everything changed in my life it was in, 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 as far as my actions go. Um, I definitely had an awareness, a very clear awareness that God's spirit had come into me, mm-hmm. but there's diff- there was different actions, there was different attitudes that still needed to change, that mm-hmm. still needed to align themselves, if you will, mm-hmm. with the word of God. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we're talking about, specifically with this command repent is it's not just needed in the area of salvation and coming to our first experience with the Lord. But as you put it, once we're in the kingdom, God wants to have control over every aspect of our life, not Mm -hmm. because he's a control freak or anything like that, but because he wants us to experience him in every aspect. He wants us to be liberated from false ideas, false beliefs Mm -hmm. that we've had that's kept us bondage in a lot of ways. And he wants to bring the truth of who he is into those areas of our life. So I think that's, it's important that we would touch on that.
1: I really really think it is. And so as we look at, okay, so as a saved person, how do I bring every area of my life into alignment with the Lord and his word? That's like right. How, because there's, they, how in, um, even in specifically, we talked about the word repent, meaning to change your mind. Mm-hmm. Because remember, if your mind is changed, your heart will be changed. And that's right. And if your heart is changed, your whole life will be and changed. And that's the right? beauty of
0: this command,
1: I really feel like, in a is lot of ways. God doesn't want, uh, doesn't just want to change our behavior. He wants to first change our heart and then our behavior wow. will change as a natural result yes. of that, right? Because our behavior comes as a result of what's in our belief system, right? What we, yes. what, what we treasure up in our heart is ultimately where our behavior comes from. And so before our behavior can fully change, we need our belief system to change. But our belief system is really formed by what we spend our time meditating. What we really think is about, what we dwell our on, thoughts. What we, our thoughts, what we treasure up in life. our heart. What we think about, what we dwell on, what we focus on, ends up getting down into our belief system and it comes out in our behavior. Mm-hmm. So how does that change happen in our belief system? How does every area of our mind and heart be brought into submission into God's word? And I think this is really where, and we've already touched on it in the last two episodes, but I think we want to hit it really head on in this one, is that really what happens is, is my thoughts and belief system need to be replaced by the Lord's word. I need Mm. to receive his, right? I need to receive his word. I need to receive his mind. I need to receive his belief system, right? And so like, how do we do that? How do right. God's thoughts become our thoughts? Like practically, right. how, how practically, does that how come does that about? happen, right? Because scripture even says in Isaiah 55, remember, uh, was it the last episode of the episode before we talked about, let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous make right. his thoughts exactly. and let him return to the Lord. Um, it also says, and I think this is why we need to forsake our thoughts and ways, our wrong thoughts and ways, is because it says also in Isaiah 55, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, says the Lord. Neither mm-hmm. are my ways your ways. And so... It's like we have to see that, like, this is why we need repentance is because our thoughts are not the Lord's thoughts and our ways are not his ways often. And so, but I don't think it's the Lord saying, sometimes people take this like, oh, it's high and lofty. You know, the Lord's ways aren't our ways and they never can be, right? Yeah. yeah. But actually, I don't think that's what it's speaking no, of. Not I at think all. what the Lord's saying is, is that my thoughts aren't your thoughts, but they can be. That's my right. thoughts aren't your, my ways aren't your ways, but they should be, mm-hmm. right? And they can be, but there needs to be repentance of turning from my thoughts and ways. To the Lord's thoughts and ways, right? right? So, God has thoughts, right? And, like, how does his thoughts become our thoughts? That's Mm -hmm. the question, right? Because even scripture says in Jeremiah, um, I know the thoughts I think towards you, says the Lord. So, the Lord has thoughts towards us, Yes, right? The Lord has thoughts, but how does God communicate his thoughts with us? Which, by the way, if God shares his thoughts with us, he's really sharing his heart with us. That's right. So how do you get to know someone else's thoughts? If I have thoughts in my mind and I want to communicate them to someone else, there's only really one vehicle I have to do it with. My words.
0: That's right. Right? My words
1: are the way I communicate my thoughts. And when you listen to my words and you think about my words, you're now thinking my thoughts. Isn't that amazing? Like, as as people are listening to my words right now, they're starting to think my thoughts. Okay? Right. So, here's the amazing, amazing thing. When you begin to spend time in the Lord's words, Mm -hmm. meditating on His word, the Bible— you begin to think his thoughts.
0: That's incredible. Which is amazing
1: to me. Right. That's what biblical meditation is. It's thinking the very thoughts of God. That's right. right? It's thinking right. God's thoughts after him. Right. Yes. It's like he yes. shared his thoughts through his words. And so when I receive his words, I'm receiving his very thoughts. Yes. Like his thoughts are becoming my thoughts. Because yep. when I meditate on his word, I'm beginning to think his thoughts. So it's like the, the, the way the vehicle whereby thoughts are communicated is through words. Yes. So if we want to have God's thoughts, we need to have his words treasured up oh, in our heart fair. and as we spend time receiving his words we are we're receiving his mind scripture mm-hmm. even says mm-hmm. um that the like that we would have the mind of christ right that we have the mind of christ right so that yep. we and, and so like that we are receiving his mind when we receive his thoughts and That's right scripture also says and this is a real precious um a passage to me, but Psalm 139 is actually one of the first passages of Scripture I ever memorized as a young person on my own, like where I decided personally to do it. And there's so much rich truth here. But I think we see something very significant here about the thoughts of God. Listen to what it says in Psalm 139, 17 through 18. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God. Mm. How great is is the sum of them. If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. Wow. When I awake, I'm still wow. with thee. And so it's like, whoa, so the, so God has thoughts. As a matter of fact, it says he has a lot of thoughts. It says that, he, how precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God, how great is the sum of yeah. them. He said, if I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. It's incredible. Okay, if you've ever been to like sand dunes or to the beach or these different places or a desert area, there is an incredible amount of sand. It's countless, right? <laughs> and he says that the Lord's thoughts are more than the sand. That's okay, amazing. and so think about it this way: there was somebody who tried to actually. There was a university, I think, in Hawaii, maybe because they have a lot of sand there. But they tried to do a study on how many grains of sand there are in the whole world. Okay, oh so obviously it's going to be a rough estimation. But uh, but here is what they found: they said they su- they assume if that. They said if you assume a grain of sand has an average size, which is already a pretty big assumption, but if you assume a grain of sand has an average size and you calculate how many grains are in a teaspoon and then multiply by all the beaches and deserts in the world, the Earth has roughly, and we're speaking very roughly here, 7.5 times 10 to the 18th power grains of sand, or 7 quintillion, 500 quadrillion grains of sand. Whoa! Whoa! In English, that means a lot. A lot. <laughs> right? And so, in other words, there is. And so, but the psalmist says, how precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God. If I should count them, they are more than number than the sand. That's right. Which is amazing to me because I think what it so clearly shows us is that when we begin to receive the thoughts of God, his thoughts are limitless. And so, it's like they're, they're, they're vast. They're eternal. Mm-hmm. And so, you're like, wow, to receive all those thoughts would take eternity yes, yes exactly right that yep. that that, that we when we're seeking the lord and we're spending time in his word we're getting to know the eternal mm-hmm. god right That's we're getting right. to know the one who is who 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 created the entire universe wow. but 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 also like, that is the eternal God. And so, when we receive his words, we are receiving his thoughts. It's interesting. The psalmist says, how precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God. How great is the sum of them, if I should count them more number the sand. And then he says, later, he says, when I awake, I am still with thee. It's like the psalmist went to sleep at night counting the thoughts of God, right? <laughs> Don't yeah, go to sleep yeah. at night counting sheep. Count the, count, thoughts, of count God, the thoughts of God. Right? Yeah. Spend time meditating on his word, receiving his thoughts. When you receive his words, you receive his thoughts. And when you receive his thoughts, you receive his heart. And that's a powerful, powerful thing. And he said, the psalmist said, how precious also are thy mm. thoughts unto me, O God. And I think God wants to make his, thought, our thoughts, his thoughts to be precious, precious to, to us. us. That we would go to his word. That And because you say, okay, well, how is this make, what makes his thoughts precious to us is when his word's precious to us. That's right. Because remember, your thoughts are communicated through words. Yep. And when we spend time in the words of the Lord, we are receiving his very thoughts. Mm-hmm. And that is an amazing reality. So this is, I think, a big part of what repentance is, it's exchanging my thoughts, my way of thinking, and my ways for God's thoughts and God's ways.
0: Yes. Yeah. And, Gabe, I like how you put that is it's through receiving one's words we get their thoughts. Mm-hmm. And and that is so true. And And it's not just that, but it's even bigger than that. We also get – we understand their heart. Yes. And oh. so it's just like we – it is like – what a privilege that we have the word of God to read and to meditate upon, to memorize, to incorporate into our lives, just to soak and saturate our lives in. And, and th- through doing that, in many ways, we're touching the very heart of God. Mm-hmm. And, and not only that, but as, that, as those thoughts, as his thoughts, like you said, that are innumerable Start to become as we think on those; they actually start to become a part of who we are and what we think, and then by virtue, they, they they become what our actions are. Which
1: is so good, Nate. And we, as you're as we're talking about this, I'm I'm reminded of kind of some of the journey that God took me on in this because it's like, you know. I'm thinking of an area in my life that, that when I began to get into the Word and I began to meditate on the Scripture and began to seek the Lord, that God began to expose an area of my life that needed repentance, right? Mm-hmm. And, and it was like that area, I needed to repent in that area. That area needed to change in my life. And I, I, I think we all probably can acknowledge that there's things um, there, that on our Christian journey, there's been different things that God's exposed yep. and that needed changing. And I tried to change it. And here's what happened. I couldn't. I like when I just when I focused on trying to change the thing. Yes. it was like I couldn't get free from it. It was like it just made it worse. Yeah, and so but I didn't know how to change it. Like I knew it needed to change, and I knew even according to yep. the scriptures it, that it needed to change, but I couldn't change it. And so, but and so I I didn't. But what happened was, is I I said okay, well I just kept then seeking the Lord and receiving His word and receiving His word and seeking His face and turning from that to him. And instead of focusing on changing the thing, I began to focus on the Lord and meditating and receiving his word. And as I spent time with the Lord, and as I spent time in the word, and as I spent time in the Lord's presence, you know what happened? The Lord changed that thing in my life. That's right. And He changed that area that needed changing, but that I couldn't seem to change in and of myself. He changed it. As I saw His face, as I beheld Him, He mm-hmm. changed it. Mm-hmm. So it's like the change came not as I focused primarily on right. the thing, but that as I focused primarily on Him.
0: That's right. And as That's I focused right.
1: on him and spent time with him, he began to change and transform that thing in my life. Right. And so I think this is an important area of repentance is, yes, there's wrong actions that need repenting of, right? God exactly. has to expose those things. We need to come into agreement. I had to come into agreement with God saying this thing in my life was wrong and then exactly. it needed to change. And, and there has to be that agreement. We have to acknowledge it. We can't just fluff right. over it and say, well, I'm right. just going to focus on Jesus and pretend like there's nothing bad in my life. We need to be real. We need to... When God touches on something, we need to take that to the Lord, bring Mm -hmm. it to the light, acknowledge that it needs to be dealt with. But then what we need to do is, is it's like then we need to seek the face of the Lord. Take it to him. Obviously, there needs to be the asking forgiveness and the making right of the thing. But then seek his face, meditate on his word, pursue him, and then he is able to change that thing mm-hmm. in our life. He's able to bring about that change that we so desire, but that we can't bring about in our
0: own strength. I would agree with that 100%. In fact, I, I also kind of want to share a little story to that, that I that's changed my life in a lot of ways um, that just dovetails perfectly with what you're saying. And that is, um, I had an opportunity with uh, working with kind of a discipleship program where we would take groups of young men um, up to the you know, Upper Peninsula of Michigan, kind of like a retreat, and we would spend almost a week just solid of seeking the Lord. And I had gone personally myself; the Lord really met me there. But then I had, after that, I had opportunities to lead other groups up there, um, kind of like be the leader. And I w- I won't ever forget it. Um, I had a group of guys, young men, they were basically in their teens for the most part, and um, we were up there seeking the Lord. And as soon as we got there, I kind of had made it a habit of telling the guys on my teams, you know, upfront, we're not going to talk about movies. We're not going to talk about girls and we're not going to talk about music. We're here to seek the Lord. The only time we're going to talk about those subjects is in a group meeting where, you know, basically there could be some supervision because I knew how sometimes those things can be so distracting. Mm-hmm. from seeking the Lord. It's not necessarily those things are bad in and of themselves, but they can be so distracting. And depending on the the, the heart of the conversation, it, they can be hurtful. And so we just decided to kind of lay those things aside to really focus and seek the Lord. But what blew me away, and this is what I really want to share, and I want our listeners to hear this because this goes along with seeking the Lord as we seek the Lord, he changes our heart. At the end of this discipleship week that I was with these guys, working with them, growing myself as well as they were growing uh, in the Lord, one of the guys came to me personally and he's like, you know, he's like, God has been convicting me that the music that I've been listening to does not honor him. And that blew me away because I don't know about you and I don't know about our listeners, But if you talk to a teenager, one of the biggest elements in their life is music. And for him to be able to come out of his own accord, out of his own will, and to make a statement like that, and not just make a statement like that, but I could see he really meant it, just blew me away. But it showed me something and it taught me a really important lesson, and that is if you put the Lord first. If you seek the Lord, God will not only expose the areas that do not please him in your life, but he will also give you the power to let those go and to turn away from those where it's not me just like, oh, you know, I've got to fight against this. I mean, some things we do need to say no to, and there needs to be a stopping point. But even in that, God has to give us the power to do that. And if we don't, if God hasn't given us the power to do that, our efforts are going to be futile. So I just think that's just a really neat picture of when we put the Lord first in our life, he brings our heart into alignment with his, and then the areas of our life that do not match up with his desires, he gives us the grace to let go of and change.
1: That's so good because what you're sharing, I think what happened with that young man is what he did was, is he began to get into the word and he began to seek the Lord. You know what happened? He started receiving God's thoughts. He That's started right. through receiving his word. That's right. And you know what happened? His mind was changed. Yeah. And then his heart began to be changed. Yep. And then God was able to touch on his music, right? That needed right. to be addressed. And God will. God will not leave any stone unturned as we seek Him. right? Yes. God has touched on so many areas of my life as, uh, as I've sought him. And it reminds me of... Um, the the verse that and I, this is very powerful because I think one question that also people may have is and I think that we all have at different times is okay I see an area of of change that needs to happen in my life and but how does, because repentance is to change, right? right to change right. your mind primarily is what we're focusing on. Right. But at its core, repentance means change, mm-hmm. right? And so I'm thinking of this verse where it says that I think really explains so clearly, and I love this, how change happens in the life of a believer. And this is really precious um, because you say, okay, well, how does it happen? And this is what we were talking about of as you spend time with the Lord, he changes us. Mm-hmm. Listen to this. It says in Second um, Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. But we all, Well, let me go back to verse 17. Now, the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with an open face or an unveiled face, beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from wow. glory to glory, even by the spirit of the Lord. Wow. I feel like even though it doesn't use the word repent in that verse, it's explaining the process of I think that's exactly of what it is. yeah. Yes. it says, but we all, with an open face, right, an unveiled face, beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord. And it's like... Um, It has the idea that we're beholding and reflecting the glory of the Lord, right? And so when we spend time with the Lord, when we spend time in his presence, when we spend time in his word beholding him, here's what happens. It says we are changed into his image because ultimately repentance is – That there's areas in my life that need to be conformed into the image of Christ. I need to be conformed into the image of Christ, right? And there's areas in my life that need to be brought into alignment with him and brought into conformity with who he is and his character and nature. And so, it's like, well, how does that happen? How am I brought into conformity to the image of Christ? How does this repentance and change happen? We're changed by beholding. Yes. Because as we behold him, we are changed into his Mm -hmm. image. We become what we behold, yeah, What captivates our imagination yep. ultimately takes us captive. Yep. And so, as we behold his face, we are changed into his image. Our whole being is transformed. And then it says, it says um, we are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. This is what happened when God showed an area in my life that needed changing that I was referring to earlier. As I beheld him, as I spent time in his word, as I saw his face, he changed that area in my life. And brought about the true repentance that took it on a deeper level than just... The surface. He brought about change in my life. We're changed by beholding. As we behold the Lord, we're changed into his image by his spirit.
0: Right. And I think that's significant. And, you know, you, this process that we're talking, what we're talking about is a process. Correct. And it takes time. And that kind of brings us into kind of our next point is, when do we repent? You know, and it's just, it's, and I've, I've kind of, we've kind of touched on this in, uh, Probably previous episodes, but more specifically, um, you know, if, if our thoughts are like kind of like seeds, if you will, and our life is like a plowed field, you know, the more seeds, say, say the thoughts that we choose to think on are the Word of God. The more thoughts we think of, the more time we spend focusing on the word. It's like the more good seeds are sown into that mm-hmm. field, which equals eventually the more positive fruit we're going to have in our life. Which the fruit would be a represent what would, would would represent our actions, right? Um, the outflow of who we are, the choices we make, the music we listen to, the videos we watch. Okay, so you know, so when, when do we repent? Well, if every thought we think has the potential of changing the direction our life takes, kind of the answer to that is really, I think in a lot of ways is, when do we repent? All the time. It's it's kind of like asking the question, okay, so when do I choose to take my thoughts and and to put them on the word of God? It's, any given moment and you know no we're not talking about walking around with the Bible in your face all the time not talking to anybody else but the idea here is and and, and this this kind of um, came to me kind of the Lord and I, I shared this in one of our previous episodes but I think it's worth even touching on again that you know one of the passages of scripture that people will say you know when you when you maybe you're going to counseling or something like that and they're like you know, you're, you might, you may be asking um, someone, you know, how do I get free from these, you know, struggles in my life, these wrong patterns of thinking or these wrong patterns in my actions? And, you know, they'll quote a very common verse and it's found in Second Corinthians 4 through 5. And I'm going to just go ahead and read it real quickly here. Um, it's Paul speaking and he, and he says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations. Those are thoughts. Mm -hmm. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. And, you know, they'll quote that to you and kind of, and I've, I've kind of heard it put, at least in my own experience of, well, you're supposed to take every one of those bad thoughts that you have captive and start meditating on the word. And as I had shared in a previous episode of how, as I have been thinking on that, the Lord revealed to me, no, it's taking every free thought captive. Hmm. I mean, we do need to take our bad thoughts captive, if you will, but it's like taking every free moment we have to be able to think on just sometimes whether I'm driving to the grocery store, driving to work, at the gym, where my mind isn't really fully engaged, it's taking those free opportunities in a lot of ways to chew on the Word of God. And and what that does is the more seeds that I sow into my heart, each seed representing the thought of the Word of God, the more thoughts that I have of God in my heart, my life will begin to reap that fruit
1: That is so good. What what you're sharing reminds me of a quote that I heard from A.W. Tozer. Um, He said, what you think about when you are free to think about whatever you will, that is what you are or will soon become. Wow. And it's so profound. What you think about when you're free. Those are those free thoughts you were talking about, right? right. What you think about when you're free to think about whatever you will, that is what you are or will soon become. So it's like I heard someone put it this way. Sow a thought, reap an action. Sow an action, reap a habit. Sow a habit, reap a character. Sow a character, reap a destiny. Mm. But it all started with a thought, right? That's so in right. other words, the thought ultimately becomes the destination That's of right. your life. So no wonder the commander pent means change your mind. Because yes. ultimately your yes. thoughts, in many ways, set the direction of your life. Yeah, they, 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 um, Because they do. a thought becomes an action, Absolutely. And an action becomes a habit, a habit becomes your character, and a character becomes your destiny. So it all starts with a thought. What are we thinking about? What are we filling our mind with? That's where a big part of the change needs to happen. Because then it will change
0: the other things as well. Mm-hmm. And... The, the the next thing that we we're gonna talk about, Gabe, which which ties right into this is the question, from what do we repent? And we've kind of already touched on that in a lot of ways. Basically anything that doesn't align itself with God, his word. And I mean that that right. there could be a lot of things um that, that 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 would be. And it does that doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing, but anything that really takes precedence over me submitting my mind, submitting my thoughts to the word of God, the will of God. For instance, if I have hobbies and things that are consuming more time of, you know, in my, in my thinking, more time, just time period, you know, that's going to have an influence on my life. And I need to be weighing, you know, what is more valuable? Is it the word of God? And do I want the fruit of the word of God in my life? Or do I spend more time in this hobby? Or do I spend more time in this in this thing? Whatever it is that I'm doing. But, you know, the question from what do we repent is basically competing thoughts that don't produce the fruit of God. You know, and, um, and competing
1: so... Competing thoughts or actions or anything, right, that gets between right, us and the Lord is, right needs repentance of.
0: That's right. So I think we've we've talked about a lot in this episode, and I think it's been good. We talked about kind of how we repent, from what do we repent, and um, kind of when do we repent. I think our next episode, we're going to be unpacking more of the latter part of this command, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. We've already touched on a little bit about what the kingdom is, but I'm really excited because... This is where a lot of life comes into this command is talking about God's authority um, and his rule and reign in our hearts. So I'm really looking forward to the next upcoming episode. And to our listeners, if you guys have been encouraged through this podcast, we hope and pray that you have been. Um, That is our desire is to encourage you to go deeper in your own time with the Lord But not just that, but to share what you're learning with others. So make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any of the further episodes coming up. And share it with your friends. And until the next episode, we look forward to being with you. God bless you. Thank you for joining us on this journey through the Commands of Christ, brought to you by the Home Discipleship Network. If you would like to go deeper in this month's focus, head over to homediscipleshipnetwork.org, where you can download a free study guide to accompany each command. And if today is your first time with us, please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you will be able to join us each week as we explore the commands of Christ together. That's it for today, and we'll be back with more next week.